The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max wishes you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. What time is Ladies and gentlemen, the Undisputed Era has arrived. You have the 25 days of Christmas. Impact's going to have the 25 days of releases. I send it you to deletion! Yeah! It's, uh, it's hashtag alpha versus omega. Let's just say hashtag aroused. <laughs> no, you're going to step in that ring, and you're going to be looking at me eye to eye, and you're going to realize you ain't got a chance. Thank God we don't have to talk about it anymore. Because she got that cancer out of there. I mean, Sean stole my answer. I'm just glad we don't have to talk about this shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not an insult. That is just a fact of life. I'm on fire. This is my time. This is my time to be at the top of the card. You know, a, a long time ago, I, I scratched and I clawed on the independent circuit, driving 18, 20 hours for a take me to be a Mountain Dew and a hot dog. Say, good luck, kid. Have fun. No, no, no. Not this go-around. This go-around, I am going to be the man in the cruiserweight division. Not Drew Gulak, not Enzo Amore, not the Zotran. This is Cedric Alexander's time, and I will be the next WWE cruiserweight champion. Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling to the back. And your host, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Leeser. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling of the Max episode 277, part one. And we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com. That's right, the place where you go get all your great wrestling podcasts and a lot more. And don't forget to go hit that subscribe, rate, and review button whenever you go find us, wherever you do, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict. Maybe you even go check out Spreaker.com when we host our show through. Hey, wherever it is, make sure you go hit the subscribe button and, you know, just make sure you leave those comments and five stars is always a nice rating. Uh, also, don't forget to go give some big love to 411mania.com and last word on ProWrestling.com for their support. And hey, also, don't forget the W2M Network is also there along with us because they basically host every single podcast that comes from w2mnet.com so also look for that as well you know just in case you want everything i of course am your host gary vaughn and along with me is mr sean garmer what's up everybody and mr paul leaser hey and guys i am ready for a big show we have lots of great content to get into we are going to talk about some interesting big news coming out of the world of wrestling a certain wrestler is arrested if you watch raw well you found out that he wasn't around but now you're going to find out the true details in real life of what's going on with him and some other big things going on and don't forget man we still got to talk some tag league that's right we have some big stuff going over the weekend so sean and paul will be getting into that we'll also be talking some ring of 
of Honor. That's right, this week's TV taping and doing the big preview to the final battle coming up this weekend. So we've got a full slate ahead of us, guys. Really looking forward to it. Uh, but, man, i, I got to stop and say this. I mean, Sean, you are now on a new venture. You're looking for new places to go and new things to do in your career, and I'm excited for you on that. But, man, you are finally done uh, with your state, you know, of uh, Kmart, where you've been with a long time, and you had many, many offers to stay with the company. But, hey, I'm glad you're branching out. You're going to be doing new things, man. Yeah, officially, uh, today was the last day for the Kmart that I've been at for five years. They closed down. And, well, I mean, they've been closed since September 1st, but today was the last day that we worked there uh, as employees. And... It's kind of sad seeing the store the way it is and just completely empty and saying, man, five years is a long time to work somewhere. And, yeah, a lot of a lot of other Kmarts wanted me to go there, but it's too far and just really wanted somewhere else to, to work and, hey, make more than $8.10 an hour, too, which is the most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, at this point, working those kind of jobs is very difficult when you, when you get my age and you got a six-year-old and you got to, you know, provide for her and provide for, you know, the other family members that live in the house. And it's, uh, yeah. So, you know, real life hits you really hard and hoping that I find something soon so I can go, you know, actually start school and really start something uh, for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, you know, and it's a scary time, but, you know, at the same time, I'm excited because I know one of these, you know, days pretty, basically pretty soon, you're going to be getting a, a phone call to go somewhere else, and you're going to be excited. So, dude, I, I'm stoked that you're getting a new path and, and uh, you know, some things I know you'll probably be more excited about in the near future. So, good stuff. And, and at least you don't have to be bombarded by Christmas music. I remember you used to hate Christmas music, oh, especially. That, that- <laughs> If there's one thing that will make you hate Christmas by the time Christmas comes around is working retail during the holidays because you start just hating people and most of all hating Christmas because you hear the Christmas music nonstop all the time you're there. Look, I enjoy my Christmas music, but I don't want to hear it at the store (laughs) and... Basically, every other place that I go to other than in my car or at home. So, you know, you could spare us that, folks. You really could. (laughs) Uh, I've worked so many places that just play the same set of songs over and over again, no matter what year it is. And uh, if you want a quick way to insanity, work 40 hours at a place like that for a long period of time, Uh, you're going to have yourself a bad time. (laughs) Yeah. Thank God I'm allowed to wear headphones at my job. So they they can play all the terrible Christmas music that they want, and I am listening to Jericho or some other podcast, you know? So, uh, and, and especially all the ones on our network. I mean, that's what's so nice is I can kind of tune into what everybody else is doing on all the other shows on our network. It's so much fun. So, yeah, I, I definitely don't... Uh, don't envy those people who have to listen to the same old songs. But Paul, man, what's been going on with you, man? Not a whole bunch. Just uh, keeping busy over here, doing what I usually do. I'm uh, I'm very boring. 
Well, so unfortunately, this part usually doesn't add up to much. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I, I know secretly. So here's the thing: secretly, Paul has this double life he doesn't tell anybody about, and, and so we get to hear this. You know, I swear I saw Paul driving down the street in a Corvette looking at Christmas lights the other night, but. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, I do nothing is what he's saying. What is, what is Gary trying to say? He's stalking Paul in his spare time, too? <laughs> Sean, you uh, know about the restraining order. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> See, well, Gary only has a restraining order for the other life, so yeah. not this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Enough about my criminal record. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> No, I mean, uh, you know, the holidays are here, and I'm excited. We've got lots of stuff going on, and I'll, I'll just be honest with you. It just sucks because every time I turn around, someone else wants a gift or more money is coming out of my account. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it, it's I, it's I, that I, fun yeah. thing. God, I, I had a Secret Santa at my church. I didn't expect to give three different gifts. I thought we were just doing it once. My uh, great aunt, her my family anyway bought a present for my daughter so now i gotta return the favor and do one for them so good lord that's the worst when somebody that like usually doesn't give you gifts gives you one and you're like oh god i wasn't planning on buying you something (laughs) now i have to (laughs) it's like damn it thanks that's like twenty dollars i didn't have now i have to all of a sudden come up with thing you know you know sean you know this very well it brings up new challenges because i love giving gifts if i if i was a millionaire i would have the time of my life i'm not so i have to budget uh but i do my best to make my daughter's best christmas i can and when those extra twenty dollars are coming out it's like oh well sorry that's one less gift for you you know Uh, that's the worst thankfully we got most of hers pretty early uh she uh, once uh, she got the Barbie Dream House that she wanted. She's not getting the other gift that she wants, which is another dog. Uh, she oh god doesn't do a good job of caring for the one we have, and he's old, and he's not going to really be happy about having another dog in the house. So I really don't want to deal with <laughs> that. So you know she really, she basically wants it because she is mad that this dog you know, basically follows me around everywhere. And she wants a dog that will follow her around. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know, the dog tends to follow the person that takes care of it the most. So if you don't, if you try to kill it or, you know, don't take care of it, guess who he's going to end up following around. And then you're going to yeah. have a problem with two dogs. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> You know, and and the poor dog that we have now, he's getting old, or he is old, so, you know, he's having the, you know, when you get old, you start peeing more frequently, and so he's peeing on thing, on the floor, more frequently than he is outside, so. uh Sounds imagine like me. Having a, it's, <laughs> uh, I knew I was getting old. Puppy that doesn't understand that it's supposed to go outside, and yeah. Just double, yeah, double stink in the house. Mm. Uh, I got the solution. You know, go get her to that movie or tune in this Friday. I think it's Friday night. They're playing "I Want a Dog for Christmas." That's a Charlie Brown special. So get her that. I can uh, get a night in the Star Wars, and she'll go to the Star Wars at the instead. Heck yeah! Yeah, I'm going to be going and seeing that that nativity. 
Christmas movie that they got. I don't forget what it's called, but yeah, the star, something like that. The star. Oh, the star. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Well, enough about talking about our Christmas. We have a lot of fun, but we are here to talk about wrestling. So let's do it. Let's jump into some quick hits. It's time for wrestling news. Quick hits. Take it away, Gary. Well, we love starting out quick hits with some crazy news, and that's what we're going to do. Rich Swan, as if you watched Monday Night Raw, uh, is actually suspended from the WB. Why is that the case? Well, he apparently was arrested over the weekend for kidnapping and a misdemeanor charge uh, and for battery against his wife. And this is basically... Something that transpired, and he actually is released, um, but he's released on recognizance for, you know, as long as he does not, you know, cause any more things, any problems, or even threaten his wife at the moment. But, yeah, this is not a good situation for this guy. It seems like he had something serious go down, and he is now indefinitely suspended from WWE. Boy, I never saw this coming, Sean. This is a big news topic that I, I just never thought I'd ever read or see. I don't think anybody did. I mean, Rich Swan is one of the guys that has like one of the best stories in all of WWE, and then here you go, uh, hearing this. Now, I don't know. There's a lot of stories going around that some of this may be set up, and... You know, you don't know what to believe right now, and this is all kind of difficult. It's just, Rich one is a very likable guy, so to all of a sudden see this happen, it's, it really makes you, you know, think about, man, can you really like anybody in wrestling at this point? Like, uh, who, who else is going to be living, you know, living some kind of life that we don't know about right now? It's I just really hope that this uh, winds up didn't happen the way it's being said, because that just really is uh, just sad and disheartening at the moment. Yeah, so, I mean, the story is they apparently got into a huge argument. Uh, His wife gets out of the car, he gets out of the car and drags her back to it in a headlock, um, amongst other things that have been said as well, so... It's a giant mess. It's it really sucks for for both of them to be in the situation because now obviously um, back to having your dirty laundry out in public and and the way anything is right now where if it's anything close to a scandal, uh, everybody's going to get crucified in the media and Lord knows everywhere else. So, uh, you know, if he did it, then then you know, poor choice. If he didn't, then hopefully the truth will have out. But. Uh, you know, I, I'd really love to go a week on this show where we don't have to talk about somebody's dirty laundry. <laughs> It'd just be really nice. It would be, but that's not reality. And sadly, I mean, we have to face these things, and these people live real lives. And mm. boy, I, I just wish it didn't happen this way, and I wish these type of things didn't happen. I mean, right now, I mean, I'm sure Michael Elegant's sitting somewhere like thinking, oh, God, I better put down a statement. I don't know who this guy is. Um, because you know these kind of things happen, and and you know these things get compounded. We're seeing in Hollywood. I, I I'm not trying to get off topic, but I'm just going to say this. I happen to be off work today, and the Doctor Oz show happened to be on, and I don't watch that you know on purpose. I it just happened to be on, and 
Uh, I, I saw. Um, oh my god! Now I can't think of the guy's name. Young child star, not Corey Haim. Corey Feldman. Mm. Corey Feldman talking about his stuff and that he was abused. And I mean, the whole thing is like every time you turn around, there's uh, this is the biggest topic, and this is the worst time right now for you know guys like Michael and now Rich Swan to be involved in this kind of stuff because you're going to get blackballed. And I would not be surprised if WWE didn't find a way around later on if this never really clears up firing him and I, i'd hate to see that and if that does happen but you know public perception is not going to go away if you know this continually is brought up in different circumstances wb definitely does not want to be in the same realm as hollywood and all these other places with the domestic violence and abuse I, I just i hate that i hate it for rich swan but if he did this hey that he deserves it i mean you should never put your hands on somebody especially uh, your wife or significant other and any other lady and um, just the people should just keep their hands off each other in general, you know, unless it's yes. a loving way, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm just saying that because now I, I, I'm going to get myself in a pickle because ladies will be like, well, what if I did? No, so. uh, but, you well, know, no, you're right. Women should not be putting their hands on, on men unless it's it's wanted mm-hmm. the same way. Yeah. Cause, yeah. You know. I just I, I never thought I would see this. Rich Swan, like you said, Sean, seems like such a good guy, like such a nice person. And I mean, I, and now it makes me worried. I'm worried next week our big topic will be, you know, Bailey pushing drugs at the school or something. You know, uh, <laughs> God, I'm just being honest. You just never know, it, you know. So, I mean, okay. So, what do you guys think? I mean, I kind of vented my thoughts on on this. Where do you think Rich Swan goes from here, Paul? I mean, do you think that WB is holding off until later to fire him, or do you think they're just we're trying to wait out the storm? And he has a meeting with a judge, I think tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, and I, I would suppose, depending on how that comes down in court, if he's found guilty, I they they have a zero policy, you know, stance against anything resulting or resembling domestic violence. I I would think he would be out the door um, if this ends up, you know, not going his way. So I. He, he, I don't know. Even if he doesn't, like I, I definitely wager he's, you know, he's not going to get the great end of the the push for a long time either. So, I nothing good is going to come out of this for him. But he he could very well be out of the job. Obviously, if the courts say he's guilty. Yeah, I mean, he could also plead no contest, and then it goes a little bit uh, as well. Uh, the thing is, like Paul said, I mean, we know this company. Uh, very well, if anything, even if if it is a no contest and he goes back to work or whatever, they could job him out for a while because yeah. that's how this company works. You know, uh, you do something that that hurts them image wise. What happens? You get hurt uh, in the booking, and mm-hmm. so uh, you know, and that could be an easy way to to punish him for it. I mean, again, there's stories that sort of refute that some of these things that are being said about what happened that perhaps it wasn't a headlock that he had her in. It was some, you know, it was just kind of pulling her or whatever, which I mean, either way, you know, pulling an arm and having someone a headlock is two different things. Right. Okay. So if it was the pulling somebody's arm, you know, you're already exaggerating the story there. And, uh, you know, Gary and I, and I know Paul, too, because he lives in the city, uh, already deal with um, 
a certain person that's had to deal with somebody lying about a situation and it is affecting a football team that Gary and I both love dear right now. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying that that's the same thing that's happening here, but, you know, if, if quickly things are already being said differently than they are being reported, you know, you have to wonder how much of this is out there that's really what happened and how much of it is, you know, her saying things to, to try to get things on, on a better side for her. You know, look, I don't want any of this to be true. I, I hope that just one of these misunderstandings that sometimes you have between a married couple or whatever and we get this solved, but uh, just it's just sad to hear from both ends, really. Yeah. It really is, and, you know, it's kind of funny because I think all of us and a lot more, you know, people were really thinking to themselves, this story was going to come out, but it was definitely not going to be Rich Swan. It was going to be Alberto Patron and Paige. We, we really thought this was going to be the case, you know, the whole airport thing and all that. We actually thought we'd be getting uh, more aggressive stories coming out of that camp until they finally took their split and probably for better. Uh, but, I mean, I, this is just one of those things that's out of left field. But we have to understand that, once again, these people are real and they have their own things and they play a part on TV. We try to get to know them outside of that, but we don't always know them. And it, it's just a shame. It really is. You know, we've, we've even heard, you know, guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin have been involved in things like this. And once again, you know, you don't want to demonize one of the people that people kind of look up to or think a lot of, but things happen. And it's it's sad, but it, it's just the sad truth. So I think all of us here want better for Rich Swan. And if he did this, he needs to pay the price and, you know, take care of business. But if he didn't, I hope he gets his due diligence and his due time in court and really prove that he did not do this, if, if that is the case. So. But once again, I don't know. Let's talk about another guy in the cruiserweight division, Neville. Yeah, that's right. We haven't said that name in a little while now, and he has a bit on TV and still under the umbrella of WWE, still employed. But things are been uh, a little bit different uh, for the fact that Neville has been in talks with WWE on his release or maybe sticking around for a while there. We thought maybe Neville's going to stick around, and he's pretty happy with the things they've told him. But apparently talks have stalled. And so that could cause him maybe to be leaning more towards the leaving direction again. This is kind of frustrating, I think, especially since this guy could really help the cruiserweight division, Paul. But what do you what do you think is going on here? Uh, I have no idea. Um, the couple of sources that I've read this from have said it was reported that he was going to show up on SmackDown again to try to get him just completely away from the cruiserweights. Uh I don't know what could have changed um, un unless, you know, Neville maybe gets a better offer from somewhere else uh, that maybe changes his mind or something like that. I have no idea what's happened here, but uh, supposedly he's supposed to be back after the European tour was over. That has obviously not yet happened. So, I mean, maybe they just, you know, stalled out and he's like, okay, just go sit it out. You know, we'll <laughs> that's, that's, that's all that's going to happen. So, uh, it's it's just a big question mark right now. Nobody really knows what's happening except it stalled out again. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think putting him on SmackDown is the smart decision, right, to get him away from all the the problems and so people won't just associate him with the Cruiserweight division or whatever. But uh, I think it would be nice if they put him on Raw and they got him out of it so that you could show – I think to me what's most important for this – is that you can call this a division all you want to, but if people never get out of the cruiserweight division and go to Raw and try to, you know, be part of the regular roster, this division's and this show is always going to be where it is. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the problem too. Is that okay? Well, Kira Tozawa and some of my other favorite guys are on the show, and I'd love to see them wrestle other people, but they can't because they're stuck in this division. And it's like it, that's just really hampering to them creatively, and 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 especially what happens if this show ever just dies because you know the way it's going, it seems more likely that it's going to go that way instead of the other way. So you know, for Neville, I I hope you know we we talked about this before about he doesn't really need WWE as far as his name value. He could probably. Yeah, if he goes to New Japan, he's probably in the juniors again. But he could he could work the indies and probably be okay. But perhaps, you know, this is a money thing for him. And understanding that, you know, maybe he liked it, also his lifestyle uh, that he had with WWE. He might have enjoyed that uh, more than, say, having to work the indies every weekend or, you know, constantly or whatever it is, you know. Um, maybe he felt like he just could strong arm WWE and saying, look, I was somebody in that division. I just wanted more money. And maybe if he felt he really left that, you know, he'd be able to earn that. But either way, it's kind of sad to see this happening for him. Just, I don't think it's going to be the end if he doesn't resign either, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, this is a guy that really has a lot to offer WWE or the Indies. And, you know, it's going to be really interesting how it does play out. But WWE wouldn't be, you know, out of their ballpark to kind of offer the guy a, a little bit of extra money here or there that, or maybe better merchandise deals or something to to really kind of swoo him to get back in there and, and, you know, get back to work. Because I think that they really do like him, and I think that they see that the fan base really enjoys Neville's work. So I, I get that part, but, you know, WWE's also a big machine. I think they could look past the... The, the talent and all that and just say, look, if you're not willing to play the way we want to play things, then, hey, good luck to you. So I, I think it works good for either or, honestly. I think he's going to do just fine no matter what happens here. It's just kind of interesting that things have all of a sudden changed out of nowhere. It makes me wonder if, you know, some creative talks were working in the right direction for him and then things change talk to him again and they've already changed their mind so now Neville's changing his mind as well maybe that's what's going on or maybe it's it's monetary thing when it comes to merchandising and other things so who knows you know but I, I really you know want to see Neville again soon so 
Uh, let's talk about Sheamus. Now, this is a guy that, you know, you get a chance to see every Monday night on Raw. And, of course, you know, he's been a big part of what's going on over there in the tag division. Apparently, he's dealing with some stenosis. Uh, actually, you know, if we want to say it literally, spinal stenosis. He's got a neck injury that's been really plaguing him for a while now. And he's been given a lighter schedule uh, on the house shows. And, you know, WWE's trying to take a little bit of the load off this guy. But he's dealing with an injury that we've seen Edge and Stone Cold Steve Austin both have. That doesn't sound like it's very good because both those guys ended their career, you know, decently early uh, for what they could have. I mean, Paul, what's up with this? I mean, this is kind of a bad news for him, it sounds like. Right, so he has spinal stenosis, and he's basically working through it. So at these house shows, he's either working six-man tags or working tag team matches, and he's not really doing a lot of the in-ring work to kind of give him a break on that side of things so when it comes TV time, he can still perform there, as we saw uh, on this episode of Monday Night Raw, he had that good match with uh, with Seth Rollins. So, uh it, yeah, you said it. If you if you're speaking of neck injuries in the same vein as Steve Austin and Edge, that is not good news. Uh, that is in fact very bad news because both guys had to retire early, and Edge even spoke so much as to say that if he kept going, he wouldn't be able to walk anymore, which to me makes this much scarier. So uh, I, I like Sheamus a bunch. I don't think I've ever shied away from that. Uh, it's just such a he's a great wrestler. Uh, and somebody who I, I've really gotten behind throughout the years, it would really, really suck to have his career kind of cut short because of these neck problems. So, uh, you know, best of luck to him. Hopefully he can get some time off in the near future to to get it all fixed up, even though that tag division really does need him and Cesaro around. Yeah, they really do, uh, just because the, the tag division is still kind of trying to build itself back up. And, you know, they have been a a constant in that division for a while now, and they've been really improving since they became a team. And it really would suck for Sheamus to see him kind of go down uh, like that. I I really don't want this for – it's just – it's sad. You you never want to see somebody's career cut short because of something like that, because of an injury. You always want to see him be able to say, hey, I'm walking away. And under my own power, I'm deciding to retire and uh, all that. So I just hope for for his sake that this isn't uh, something that sticks with him and he does have to retire early because it's, it's just always kind of – it's sad in that way. Mm-hmm. So I think WWE's going about it the right way, though, right now and just letting him uh, kind of feel it out and see if he's – uh, getting better, um, and you know the fact that he was able to have a good match on Raw is uh, good news. And I mean, hopefully, uh, just it, it gets better for him because usually those things it just deteriorates further and further mm-hmm. instead of getting better. Yeah, and you know that's a big concern, uh, especially for the fact that you know Sheamus has been a world champion. He's done a lot of things in the business, but you know I'm sure he has a lot more that he does want to do. And if he wants to continue on that upward path, I mean, he's got to prove that he can stay healthy. Secondly, he's probably got to prove medically that he is not degenerating because if he is, then that means that WWE is going to say this guy is a risk and we can't 
you know, put too much into him, right? Mm-hmm. We we don't want to take that chance because we've seen how that's ended up in the past. And so, yeah, I mean, good luck to Seamus. I really want this guy to do well. I mean, I'm not just a giant fan. I mean, he's an okay guy. I know, I know Paul's a big supporter. But I still want to see him. I, I never want to see anybody's career cut short or anything taken away from anybody because this guy does work very, very hard. We see that every Monday and anytime he's on TV. So good luck to him. Uh, let's talk about another guy that has, you know, sadly uh, had an injury take him away from actually wrestling in the ring, and that is Daniel Bryan. And, you know, there's been rumors out there that, you know, he's passed many tests and other doctors have cleared him, but he's yet to be cleared by a WB doctor. But we're getting some news that's very, very interesting. Uh, what we're hearing right now is that there could be a possibility of a Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon match. Now, this is big because WB, you know, for a long time was saying that they would never let Daniel Bryan get back in the ring. Well, what we're hearing is WB would feel more comfortable if their doctors cleared him. That could make this a very much a green light situation. But if their doctor still won't clear him, they're even considering having someone wrestle on his place against Shaman Man. So I know fans are wanting Daniel Bryan back in the ring. I would love to see it. Wow. Sean, I mean, uh, I think this would be great, but, I mean, I don't know if it's even a possibility. Well, I feel like it's more a possibility now than at any other time because, let's face it, there's also reality sits in for WWE, right? If they don't let him wrestle now, there's a very good chance that he leaves and goes somewhere else, mm-hmm. most likely to New Japan. And or ROH and New Japan together, and you could very well see him doing stuff for the competition. And look, Daniel Bryan's a big enough name that he can sell a building by himself, and he could bring he could you know this guy has big enough clout to where I bet he could bring a CM Punk out of retirement if if he guaranteed him something. So, you know, let's say that those two guys go and try to do a show for ROH or, or show up in New Japan or whatever, you know, that could be big business for somebody that you all of a sudden have to deal with in, in WWE. That, you know, they, they already have NXT compete against them. It's going to be a tougher deal if uh, Daniel Bryan's involved. Yeah, I mean, especially, I'm sure the the talk of the all-in show by Cody and the Young Bucks has gotten their attention, and with Cody wanting to wrestle Daniel Bryan in the main event of that show, which is sure to pack that many people into a building, uh, I I know it's not like long-term, probably, goals or anything like that, but I think any show in the States that draws 10,000, like we talked about, is something you should probably pay attention to. And Daniel Bryan and Cody, I think, could very much easily fill 10,000, especially with the Young Bucks and more strong acts on the undercard, uh, especially if Ring of Honor does get involved there, too. Not to mention you have Ring of Honor and New Japan trying to make inroads together in the States to create competition. And, you know, WWE, I'm sure, as much as a lot of us would like to see a competing promotion push WWE to be something better than what it is right now, I'm sure WWE's quite comfortable with with who they are and, and being the biggest show in town and all that. So if I'm them, 
I, I don't know if, like, obviously, if you don't feel comfortable having Debray wrestle on your show, then, then don't do it, you know, because the man has a family. It could end very poorly for you, lawsuit-wise and all that stuff. So, I, I, I would wait. I mean, he could sign a, you know, that stuff that they talk about on mm-hmm. the product about him signing this kind of release form or whatever, he could technically sign one of those. He could, right. You know, well, I mean, and then, but, but I mean, these days you have press and all that, right? I mean, the guy gets hurt in the ring. It's maybe he doesn't sue you, but here comes the bad press storm or something like that. I don't know. Like, there's so many yeah. ways I think this goes south on him. But if if he, I mean, Bree, I guess, could also sue for some kind of, uh, uh, was it? I wouldn't say it's like some kind of uh, pain to the family or you know whatever. Uh, like pain there's or something or something like that. Yeah. Mental anguish, whatever BS they want to make up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if WWE doctors clear him, that's great. I want to see Daniel Bryan wrestle again. I, I really do, even though it might not be super healthy for him. If he feels like he can do it, then then let him do it. And if you have doctors telling you so, then there's nothing stopping you from making a butt ton of money. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, Daniel Bryan is a talent that, you know, has definitely been missed. He's a guy that has a lot to offer, and if WWE doesn't allow him to offer it, well, someone else will. And mm-hmm. that's the thing, and I think that's exactly, Sean, you were on to something here. I think that's exactly why they're thinking about this, and even considering it, because think about when Daniel Bryan first left with the injury, they were basically saying he'll never wrestle again. They're, they're never going to allow it. It's, it's a definite no. One percent chance, yes, definite no. Though besides that, and now they're really leaning out of that, and they're really trying to find a way around it. And that means that there is some rumblings and some fire uh, where the, you know we're seeing some smoke. So it's interesting. I, I really kind of want to see this take place. I think it'd be great. And you know, let's just hope that things work out for Daniel Bryan the best way because I, I, I really do think he wants to stay in WWE. I think he's happy with the money he's making. I think that there's a lot of things that he did not get a chance to do before he was cut short. And I think he wants to go out there and perform in front of lots and lots of fans. I think he still loves the Indies. Don't get me wrong. I think he loves Ring of Honor New Japan. But I, I think that now that he's a WWE guy, I think he wants to accomplish the things he never did. You know, mm-hmm. so. Uh, let's also mention something else with WB. Apparently they're looking into reworking some songs. Uh, now that Jim Johnson has left the company and, and Paul, I'm a little uh, on the interested side of this. Are they trying to rework some of Jim Johnson's songs that he's done or just some of the ones that he maybe had a hand in? It's vague. Uh, so I'm, it's probably just themes in general. Uh, and, and this, of course, could just be tiny things. Like, we've seen CFO, um, they've sort of done little changes to themes throughout their time at WWE, and they've sometimes done big changes. So, I don't know. But it does seem like WWE is on board with whatever CFO money was, was selling them on. So, uh, with Jim out the door, maybe they want to just go full bore on their ideas and, and see what happens. Because, I mean, CFO so far has made a, a lot of good songs in my opinion so you know keep bottling that you know easy money right i mean people spend mm-hmm. a dollar on itunes it really adds up it does i just feel bad because I, I think that jim johnson is a guy that's one of those he deserves a job for life for that company mm-hmm. 
even if you want to put him in some kind of position away from music, uh, just to give him a job and uh, so he's not over CFO money and they don't feel like whatever they do so has to go through him, which I think that was the problem, is they still had to answer to him in the position that he was in and they wanted to feel like they could, you know, do do whatever they needed. And, you know, I don't blame them to be because they're more kind of cutting edge than, say, Jim Johnson was. And, look, a lot of us, uh, you know, really love him from because Jim Johnson was the guy that you grew up on with all those themes that you heard. You know, uh, all those wrestlers' themes were done by him. Mm-hmm. You know, except for some that had, you know, licensed music or, or whatever. But, like, you know, when you see a lot of fans cursing the name of CFO money and getting mad and all that, that's mainly from the nostalgia and, and all that stuff. You you do have to realize that, hey, look, life goes on for everybody here. Uh, you know, n- nothing is forever. And and uh, when you have a, a group like CFO money that's been doing great stuff, at some point they were going to take over. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if they threat, if there, there's any kind of threat going on about, hey, look, we can leave and, and go somewhere else and do good things somewhere else, you know, and uh, maybe they were, maybe they weren't, but I, I just, I don't blame them at all for them to feel like I, we're, we're really having a purpose here. I think they did have to feel like, all right, we need to get Jim Johnson out the door. And I'm okay with it. Just again, this kind of sucks for him. Yeah, yeah, it definitely sucks for him. And you know, this is a guy that you know, super talented, had a lot to offer. But you know, things like you did say, Sean, things do kind of pass uh, us by, and, and time has definitely done that to a lot of us. And I think Jim Johnson as well. And CFO Money has really made their presence known. And you know, uh, I think you know Jim Johnson. You know, has a lot to offer somebody, and maybe he's going to go out there and do his own thing and really kind of, you know, produce some new type of music or something for another company. You never know what he's going to do, but it, it's it's sometimes it is time for you just to, to go do something else. And hopefully, you know, he doesn't have too many better things towards WWE, and hopefully WWE doesn't have the same because I hope they're not changing his music just to be spiteful, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it almost feels like if they do that, he did something really. Uh, upsetting to them, which I don't know what he would do, but maybe he's, you know, said something about, you know, somebody in the family or something in the McMahons, and that just was a definite fire situation. So, I don't know, you know, maybe he said something about Linda, and Vince is not happier, you know. So, <laughs> he said her, her music was better than all of yours, Vince. And that's probably what happened. He probably told Vince, he goes, Your music sucks compared to Linda's, and then Vince is like, You're fired. <laughs> The WrestleMania Nine theme. Yes, exactly. That was some beautiful music. I think I heard someone else use that music not too long ago, and I was like, "Oh, it's Linda's music." So, anyway, uh, before we get out of here, uh, let's talk about Aralucha real quickly. Uh, the Harris Brothers apparently are doing pretty well for themselves because they got their first TV tapings booked. That's right. All of the people that could show up showed up. They had a sellout crowd there for their TV tapings. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool, uh, especially for really not knowing what you're going to get. Uh, there's a bunch of pictures out there that you can find, uh, I think, on Conan social media accounts where 
they got all the pictures, everything. Like the, I mean, it looks pretty gosh darn professional for everything they said. They got lighting or lighting rigging and big screens, all sorts of cool stuff. So good for them. The show looked neat. The card sounded fun. A lot of people reported good stuff. Wow. See, Impact needs to pay attention. They need to consider, uh, you know, what's going on there, and maybe they should look at the talent that's over there in Aralucha and see, you know, maybe they should reconsider a few things, or maybe they should just hire Jim Johnson to go do their music. Something's <laughs> got to bring in people, right? And, and trust me, they need Jim Johnson maybe they, they more than the wrestlers because their music is... Oh, yeah, because they don't have uh, Surge doing the music anymore. So. Oh, no. Oh, this new stuff is awful, so... But anyway, well, that's what's going on in the world of wrestling. Uh, and cool. Till Friday morning, uh, we'll give you more of the big quick hits. But now we are going to move on. We got Tag League to talk about. Sean and Paul are going to fill us in. Let's do that now. King of Spot. New Japan Pro Wrestling. All right. So, um,. The Tag League finale was uh, technically Monday morning. Um, and we also had the Block uh, A and Block B final shows across the weekend. Uh, nothing like super send homey to really talk to you about as far as match quality goes, but it is LIJ coming out the winners of Block A and the Gorillas of Destiny coming out of the six-way tie, the winners in Block B to set up what uh, many across all the social media pages I follow, at least, uh, the lamest main event they could have made, according to some. So <laughs> 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 uh, That takes us to Monday morning. We're not going to break down all the results. Uh, we're going to basically go into all the big happenings uh, that went down. Chief among them, uh, or maybe just first, uh, is Hiroki Goto... Uh, and his chaos contingent of Yoshihashi Toriyano and Tomohiro Ishii defeating Suzuki Goon uh, with uh, Goto hitting the GTR on uh, Suzuki, I believe. Oh. Huh? Hello. You cut out there. Oh, Big. no. <laughs> I couldn't hear anything. That is not good. No. Uh, so let's try again then. Uh, Chaos <laughs> defeating Suzuki Goon, uh, Goto hitting the GT or GRT, excuse me, on uh, on Suzuki, I believe, to get the victory after reversing out of the uh, sleeper hold to get the victory. And in a post match, Goto uh, challenges Suzuki for the never open way title because I believe he also pinned him during the tag league. Uh, Suzuki kind of backs away from the challenge. Um, uh, at first, and then comes back after Goto's sort of plague, or, you know, uh, I don't want to say placates, but basically calls him out, uh, which pisses him off, and Suzuki says that he will do so if Goto puts his hair on the line, so it, um, it's gonna be Goto's hair versus Suzuki's never title at Wrestle Kingdom, Sean. Which of the first that's happening in Japan, how about that's that? That's it. Uh, yeah, no, uh, look, uh, Goto... Has a better main than Simba and Ufasa put together. So, <laughs> you know, he he better not lose. Suzuki, you better go down, man. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to be weird to see him uh, bald or with very little hair uh, after 
just so many years with uh, that haircut. No, it's just it should be a, a great match, though. One of the ones to look forward to. All of a sudden, uh, just just adding on to matches you want to look forward to for that card. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad Suki's back to wrestling guys that are going to give him a fight, and not you know Yano. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> This is interesting to me because I could definitely see Suzuki retaining and the head shaving is sort of what they're going to use as a catalyst to maybe launch in a different direction with Goto uh, to see if they can't ever get him over the hump, as it were, to, to try to finally get this guy over with maybe a new gimmick or something like that. So I I don't know if this is such an easy write-off to say Goto wins, even though I, I agree with you. He's got like some of the best hair in the business. <laughs> No, definitely because of that. Yeah. Because a lot of people would say, oh, man, he can't lose that hair. Oh, and it would just shock people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, to to see it happen that I think you would have a, a, quite a few folks saying, like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did it. I can't believe they had Goto lose and just the shock and, and everything he, and the people have uh, – you know, more sympathy for the man. Right, right. And and so you finally have this feeling of, oh, I I need to care about him and, uh, you know, just finally feel like he can he can be a guy you're relying on to mm-hmm. sell tickets and all that based off of that. Right, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's something to keep an eye on going forward as we march onwards towards the Dome. Another thing, and probably the biggest thing that was on uh, people's social media or just all over the internet, if you if you visit wrestling sites and whatnot, is this attack uh, by Chris Jericho. So first off, uh, Rocky Romero teams up with Rapagni 3K to go up against the Elite, which of course is Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Naturally, the Elite do find uh, themselves victorious here, uh, as Omega absolutely annihilates Rocky Romero with the One Winged Angel. Uh, the lights go out after Omega's promo with uh, Jericho sort of congratulating on Omega for another victory and questioning whether he's actually ready for Wrestle Kingdom and all this great stuff. The lights go out again, and Chris Jericho is back in the ring and attacks Kenny with the Codebreaker, busts them open with the belt. Don Callis comes into the ring. He gets Codebreakered, uh, and Omega, you know, down and out, bloodied. Uh, Don Callis ends up getting stretchered out, and Jericho ends up taking out, uh, pulling a Suzuki and, and killing a, a couple young lions on the way out, as well as flipping off fans and and screaming at it like it's it's heel Jericho turned up to twenty thousand. It, it's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, one of the things to see. Uh, if you like, I woke up to this on my uh, Twitter feed. It was great. Just like wow, this happened, and it's awesome and it really gets excited for this match now i mean if you weren't already mm-hmm. i think this is you know a lot of people were like oh jericho's you know he's uh you know he, he's not gonna have this great match with omega you know why you're wasting omega on jericho all that stuff i think uh people are gonna be in for a surprise when they stay at this match and the more story and the more entry you can add to it is only gonna make it better yeah, I mean, I, the talent that Kenny Omega possesses and the insane amount of intelligence I think Chris Jericho has at booking him 
you know, his character and how he performs in the ring at his age with as much uh, sort of wear and tear he has on. Like, this guy is a world-class veteran. This is going to be phenomenal. It may not be five stars, but damn it, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> that's I think that's really all that matters, and certainly ticket sales are, are reflecting that. Yeah, especially if you have the people being interested mm-hmm. you know, from a story standpoint, it's going to sell more, and people are, you're going to believe what happens more. You're going to, you're going to be into it more. Even if, say, the wrestling isn't, you know, five stars or whatever, you're going to care about it just as much because the story sold you on it. So I think people remember it's not just about, hey, that that ring work that happens. It's also about, hey, there's a a match going on. Mm -hmm. There's, There's two guys fighting, and if there's anger and hatred there, People are, are going to be more intrigued. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, a small little thing. Uh, Okada, being the amazing wrestler that he is, has found a counter to the Destino, and it's literally flipping out of it into a Cobra Clutch. It's totally awesome. <laughs> and uh, uh, it, it really it looks awesome. And, and uh, it kind of... So many people... I've already been, like, Naito's winning the belt at the Dome. Like, it's just a done deal. I know I've said it on the show multiple times. This has a lot, I mean, this really does make you sort of second-guess yourself, that Okada, it doesn't matter, he's just so good that he's he's got a counter for it already. And uh, it, it certainly looks like he's got the, the upper, head, uh, upper hand, excuse me, um, after this tag match he has against Naito and Takahashi. He's teaming up with Osprey here to... Uh, even though he loses the match, he's got the upper hand on, on his Wrestle Kingdom opponent. Uh, but New Japan are the masters of this, right? right. Like right. They know exactly where to hit mm-hmm. uh, to make you feel like, oh, wait a minute, here we go. This it could be something else. And, you know, I, I, I just, I wouldn't count it out so far, but I feel like it's all just a big smoke screen. And, but see, that's the point, though. That's why this is great. Like, if this were to be, you really wouldn't be having a way to make you think that somebody besides uh, Naito was going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would just be having the match, right? Right. But what makes this better is if they they keep teasing this and teasing it and then he plays it off of the match and he has one of those moments where oh my god he almost won with it so when he pulls it your your emotions get get taken by that because it's like oh my god he really pulled it off mm-hmm. he was able to counter the destino with this and he almost got him to tap out or he gets him to tap out even and you're like wow this is amazing Who's going to beat Okada if not Naito? You know, so I, I still feel like Naito's going to win, but it's just, it's still that whole, you know, what what happens if? Right, yeah, because I mean, the the Destino is is you know that's Naito's move, and Okada has this uh, you know great reversal uh, in store for him, and it's it's. I, I think you nailed it on the head. It, it's only, it, you know, New Japan is really the masters of doing this. Is They have you think in one way, and then they give you this small, tiny little thing that absolutely just makes you second-guess everything. 
even though I think it's probably still obvious Naito walks out in that moment, you're going to think, oh boy, uh, Okada's got his number. And, you know, we'll, we'll just see how it plays out. But uh, the reason everybody came to the show, or, or maybe not, uh, <laughs> Evil and Sonata, Grills of <laughs> Destiny, World Tag League Finals, LIJ come out the victors. This match is uh, not up to par, I'll say that. Uh, there's a lot of interference and stuff like that involved. Uh, on both sides, and it sort of just kind of goes meh, even though closing stretch is, is pretty nice. Um, a lot of people were pulling for LIJ. They, of course, still hold the six-man title, so a lot of people are thinking that they'll drop them at the Road to Tokyo Dome shows that are coming up here in uh, a week or two um, to the uh, Gorillas of Destiny and Bad Luck Fall because I believe they have a defense scheduled that way. And... Uh, yeah, I like Evil and Sonata individually. As a team throughout the tournament, I don't think they really did anything to overly impress me. And, and I know people are just really sold on the gimmick, but as far as them together, I just I don't see the chemistry there that makes them like, oh man, these guys have a shot, you know? No, they don't. They're together because they're part of the faction. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're the two heavyweights in the faction, so they they have to be. Uh, but sometimes, you know, just because you're in a faction doesn't mean that you work together. Like, I feel like Evil had chemistry with Bushi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like he had chemistry with Hiromu. But with Sonata, he doesn't necessarily have that. You know, I feel like Sonata even worked better with Bushi. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, just sometimes two guys just don't click like that, and... I mean, not that God is some great team or whatever, but they've gotten better as time's gone on, especially, you know, it helps their brothers as well, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I feel like just let's see what Evil and Sonata can do. Maybe if you give them a run with the titles, they do get better. Obviously, it's time, right? I mean, they, this is the first time I think they've really had a lot of time together in a tag team. It's just, if there's not really anything there to initially spark you, it's kind of hard to get excited for it. And, and I'll agree with you that God isn't necessarily that great team either, but they are a good team, I would argue, even <laughs> though they have a certain style. I think they've proven they can work well within that style, and especially with guys who do that, i.e. War Machine. Uh, they had a good match with them uh, with Killer Elite Squad as well during the tournament. So I think guys that work that style with them, you know, are, are nice. And Evil and Sonata, Evil obviously works more of what they're used to. Sonata, not really. Uh, he's more of one of those blend guys, sort of like Okada is. And I, I don't know. It's just it. The pieces aren't there for me to buy that they're going to beat Killer Elite Squad at the Dome, um, even though this is a fresh team and getting the belts on the fresh faces is very um, – Par for the course for for New Japan in this right. day and age, uh, especially when it comes to the tag titles. Well, they need to, especially because you've had the same three teams going after the tag titles for like a whole year. So, mm-hmm. you know, give somebody something to get excited about. Right, right. I, I mean, they had a lot of great teams come out of Block B, and, and I, I honestly, I don't think I'd be opposed to Ishii and Yoshihashi continuing, or Goto and Yoshihashi uh, teaming up again down the stretch either, so. There's, there's Plus, it's an all-Japanese team as well, which helps. Also handy, yeah. Beat those evil Gajans. But that's uh, that's World Tag League all in the books. Uh, it, 
honestly, not the worst tag league I've ever seen. Not the best. It's also the tag league. It's also the so, tag league. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it's not like we're, it's not the G1. It's not the Super Juniors. You're not expecting greatness. These guys are kind of taking it easy mm-hmm. because, hey, that we're, we're getting ready for the big show in a month. And this kind of gives them time to get a rest from, from the whole year. Right. Yeah, very true. So there you go. Well, that is Tag League, but now we are going to move on, and we're going to talk some Ring of Honor. That's right. we got a TV taping, and we're going to preview Final Battle. We'll do that next. All right. So Ring of Honor doesn't really waste any time this week. They jump right into the television title match with Kenny King defending against Caprice Coleman. Uh, Caprice has Shane Taylor out with him, who uh, he pays off at the top of the ramp to seemingly just watch his back. Um, Silas Young is also out on commentary, so you can already kind of tell where this is going to go. Shane Taylor eventually tries a distraction. However, it fails in... Caprice ends up falling prey to the royal flesh, and Kenny gets uh, retains. I was actually surprised, really, by how much Caprice gets in this match, Gary, even though I don't think this was anything out of this world, but Caprice certainly getting a lot in was nice, uh, especially for somebody who doesn't really get a lot of in-ring time anymore. Yeah, I thought so, too, and I thought it would be pointless if he didn't because, you know, they, they have, the, of course, Caprice pulpit, mm-hmm. and, and they are giving him air time, even though it's not in-ring time. He does get some time to be on TV and do his thing, so I'm glad he didn't come back in here and look like a fool and didn't get put away in three minutes or anything like that. I think it's good that Caprice Coleman can stand up and do a little bit here and get the offense he did in. Hey, you know, Kenny King, you know, definitely needed this win, too, uh, to showcase himself to, and to get us ready for final battle. And um, I, I just I appreciated the match. I didn't think it was too terrible and not a bad way to start the show. I, I did kind of like the fact that, you know, you have two guys that were on, you know, Caprice's show, the Coleman's pulpit thing, uh, and Shane Taylor and Kenny King. And both really didn't act like they really cared for what Caprice said. But, you know, Shane Taylor chose his, uh, you know, side based on cash. So, mm-hmm. and I, I think I would too. Yeah. <laughs> Looked like a heavy envelope. So that's a lot yeah. of reasons to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, In the post-match, yeah, Punishment Martinez hit the ring. Shane Taylor comes in. They beat on Kenny King uh, for a little bit before Silas runs in and sort of, like, pushes him around before getting hit in his shots on the champ. And then it turns into an all-out brawl that sends us to commercial, so you get a nice little tease of the four-way that's going to take place this Friday. And then um, the Addiction come out for uh, a promo, and they start attacking War Machine, Um, they want them fired for the scandal they created when they, you know, seemingly, according to them, hurt the, hurt the fan on purpose, uh, and make a lot of great, uh, sort of current event analogies here that if you're a scandal or involved in one, you're out the door. So let's see it happen. Ring of honor. Uh, (laughs) the, uh, Hanson comes out, uh, cause Ray Rowe is still suspended in storyline here. He's had enough. He he attacks them. Kazarian grabs a chair uh, and goes to town on him. They end up taping him to the ropes. 
they cut off some of his beard, and then Daniels threatens to cut off his ear uh, before security comes in to sort of make the save and freeze Hansen, who ends up running him off after that. I, th- I actually thought this was pretty good. Um, the addiction threatening to go, quote, all Vincent Van Gogh on him was quite wonderful. <laughs> yeah, and dropping the Reservoir Dogs reference. Right. I-, I appreciated that for sure. I'm <laughs> a big Quentin Tarantino fan. Uh, no, I mean, seriously, I mean, I, I think it was pretty well done. Mm-hmm. I think it offered up, you know, the next part of the storyline and, it did it in a fashion where it wasn't boring or out of place or, you know, just another match. I, I like it. I think it worked out for what it needed to do, and I'm pretty happy with it. I think the addiction at this point in their career, you know, they're going to have to rely more on things like this. You know, they're not going to be in the ring as much as, you know, you'd want them to be. But I think, you know, what they do on the mic is just as valuable at times, and they're really good at getting heat and getting people upset or getting them behind them so i think they did a good job and i, I think it's kind of neat hansen giving up a part of his beard for this whole thing yeah a, a nice chunky part too from what uh from what daniels took from so <laughs> yeah uh the hung bucks get a promo uh revealing flip gordon's tag team partners for final battle is going to be teton and dragon lee uh so six man tag team titles equals flippy boy special gary looks like a good time yeah, hey, let's just say the humbugs are gonna be swinging around that night. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm just being honest. It's a lot of flips and a lot of uh, you know being thrown around. So, uh, but yeah, I mean you're you're right. This looks like a great matchup, man. I, I you know, and I know, I know Dragon Lee for sure. I know what he can do, and Flip Gordon, and uh, I'm excited about it. I really, really am. I think they're gonna have a. a last of a match and so this is going to be something to really i think could be a you know a show stealer in my point of view just yeah. by just previewing it just looking at it that way this could be a show stealer but yeah i think it's good yeah absolutely uh and then we get to maybe my favorite promo of the evening uh the briscoes hit the mic uh or hit the loudspeakers and ask everybody if they know who they are uh, clearly calling on Bully's old deal there. They call Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer cowards. They run down the list of things they've done to these guys, like attacking uh, Bully Ray's training camp. They've attacked Tommy Dreamer at House of Hardcore. Um, Jay, however, sort of steps up the insults and ends up calling him uh, a pair of vaginas. And, uh, you know, they're not using scientific terms here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this ends up bringing Bully and Dreamer out, uh, walking down to the ring. Security is sort of holding him off. Joe Coff even runs down to try to talk some sense into him. Um, and then the Briscoes kind of come out. Whoever thought we'd ever see an old man holding these two guys back, which pisses Joe Coff off. He climbs into the ring and says the Briscoes are finally going to get what they want. They're going to fight Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray at final battle. And uh, he guarantees it will be extreme and hardcore and all these other things before storming off. This allows Bully Ray and Dreamer to blow past security, and we get this nice pull-apart brawl uh, as we go to commercial again. I, I just I thought this was wonderful. I think this has been a very well-done feud, uh, and having the Briscoe sort of go around and, and hitting Bully and Dreamer, essentially in their legacy, I think has been a really nice touch. I think so too, and it's really kind of neat to to see the way that this has all worked out. And, and 
Uh, for the fact that, you know, you have Tommy Dreamer, uh, you know, come out with Bully, who, you know, uh, they've both been big ECW guys, been hardcore legends, and, you know, really exuberated all this great stuff. But, I mean, you have the Briscoes in, and, you know, one of the best tag teams the Ring of Honor has produced. And, and it's just kind of neat to see these two clash in this fashion. And I, I'm still wrapping my head around exactly why the Briscoes are so upset at Bully. Um, I don't think that I really fully have got that gist, and the reasons they've given me haven't been good enough, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I could say it that way. Uh, so, I mean, not really sold on the the uh, feud itself, but the matchup looks fun. It, it's going to be entertaining, and I'm really looking forward to it. I, I, I'm right there with you. This ended up being better than I ever expected it to be. I think that the you know Joe Hoffkin in the ring and doing all he did, it, it made you feel like this is really important and meant something because you never see that guy. He's never around. Right. But once you get a chance to see him, you know this is business, and I, I appreciate that part of this. Yeah, I I agree with you absolutely, and and I'll give you that too. Like the the whole reason the Briscoes are mad at Bully Ray is because of this tiny little corner shot he took off a table that ended up knocking him out. So uh, I, I guess Bully Ray did essentially didn't live up to their standards, and they're pissed off about it. So maybe they're looking for a refund, Gary. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, you know they're about to get a you know a cash check pretty soon, so. <laughs> We'll see how that works out either way. Uh, moving on, we have Matt Taven taking on Jay Lethal here. Uh, you have Marty Scroll on commentary, who is wonderful. Uh, he he's near maniacal during this, uh, as people as you know they keep talking about his match with Jay Lethal at Final Battle, and <laughs> him losing his patience with Ian Riccoboni was just wonderful. So <laughs> uh, he ends up running to ringside here down the stretch, tosses Lethal the umbrella. And Lethal sort of looks back and forth between it and Taven debating about whether he should use it or not, as this has been a feud about Marty trying to get Jay Lethal to be the person he was when he was at his most successful, uh, which of course is as a heel and, and taking shortcuts and all this other stuff, trying to get him to be the villain that he knows, uh, according to Marty. Uh, Jay, however, can't follow through and throws the umbrella back at Marty, which allows for the distraction roll-up. Uh, and Matt Taven gets the victory here. Yeah, and, you know, I'm really enjoying this story. I mm-hmm. really, really am. I think, you know, Ring of Honor fans have honestly kind of said to themselves, Jay Lethal, where are you? And then when he's around, he's just kind of there. It really doesn't feel like Jay Lethal. And this whole feud has brought back lots of memories of the Jay Lethal we did know and the heel Jay Lethal and everything he did. And it's kind of fun. To see a guy like the villain, Marty Scroll trying to incite that whole evil lethal, right? Mm-hmm. Bringing him back. I mean, heck, I think, honestly, if the villain wants to bring it back to, to where he needs to be, I think he shows up in a, uh, you know, martini, you know, suit and hat and all that. And <laughs> there you go. Look, I'm your manager. Come on. Go, you know, do something dastardly. Come on, Jay. So... I think it'd be kind of cool if he did that. He may, you never know. But, uh, you know, it, it's a situation where you would say this is an okay feud or whatever, but I, I'm interested in the story. I think it's great. Uh, and, and I think the match will be fun, too. That's mm-hmm. that's another match to really look forward to. 
Yeah, it's two guys who work pretty similar to each other, so I feel like you're going to get some nice uh, scientific stuff before you get into all the shenanigans, which should be quite fun. Uh, in the main event segment here, you have Cody and Dalton Castle do the contract signing. Cody, uh, in all of his magnanimous glory, he's got this giant mink coat on over this suit. He's got Brandy with him, and he's got the title. There's even uh, a butler or a manservant of some kind just holding uh, you know, a nice dish full of champagne. There's a cheese plate, Gary. Like, he's gone the whole nine yards for this thing. <laughs> and uh, before they get down to brass tacks... Dalton calls Ian over to let Cody know that he looks ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Uh, And it should be mentioned that Dalton is wearing a jacket full of just big rhinestones and feathers and all sorts of just outlandishness. It's, it's a pretty funny Mm -hmm. picture. Um, Cody is first up to sort of say some things and he, Basically isn't taking Dalton serious. He's more worried about trying to get Dalton to eat some of the cheese plate and all this other stuff. And Ian sort of questions him about it. And Cody's like, I'm the champ, man. What do I got to worry about? Ian drinks some uh, champagne with with Brandy and they play kissy face and all this other stuff. And Dalton's like, dude, why are we here? When it comes to final battle, I'm going to break your heart. I'm going to have my uncle, who is this expert alchemist, make me some easy-to-use adhesive I'm going to put it back together. I'm going to stick your heart back in your chest, Cody, and I'm going to break it all over again. Finally, Dalton comes down to say Cody is overhyped, overpaid, and overrated, which finally gets Cody all hot and bothered as they sign the contract and go nose-to-nose to send us home, Gary. This was really good, too. Mm-hmm. I, man, I, I think the humor, uh, everything about it just spoke volumes. And, I, you know, I feel like we got Dalton Castle back. You know, his, his snarkiness, you know, his just you know, flamboyance, you know, was just sitting there scoffing at a guy like Cody. But it works for him. It's not arrogant. It's just the fact that, you know, he kind of... He he sees the world in a different way, but it's kind of fun to see that. And and I appreciate, you know, of course, all the antics Cody put into play. You know, yes. him and Brandy, and they, like you said, that the the cheese play, and you know, it was just fun. It, it was just a really good time, and I thought it was a great way to, to kind of close out the show and lead us into this pay per view. I think it's really something that you know. At times, they're okay, yeah, but they don't do anything the super spectacular. I think they did an excellent job in this one. Even though it was a contract signing, very WWE, mm-hmm. it still worked out really well. It wasn't knocking over a table. It was about two guys sparring with words, and they didn't sound stupid. So I, I, I appreciated it. Yeah, I think really playing up their gimmicks, too, uh, I thought was a nice touch here. Cody... Uh, continuing to channel his sort of 1970s, 1980s Ric Flair uh, as champion here, while Dalton, equally as resplendent in this certain segment, uh, just calling him on it, I thought was wonderful. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that means we got a preview final battle now, Gary, which is going down this Friday um, on all the usual suspects, pay-per-view, iPay-per-view, Fight TV, wherever you want to go. Uh, eight matches on the card. First up on my listing here is the ROH World Six Man Tag Team Title Match: The Hung Bucks, which of course is Hangman Page and the Young Bucks defending against uh, Flip Gordon, Teton, and Dragon Lee of CMLL. 
Flippy Boy special, as I said earlier. I'm really looking forward to this. Like you said, show-stealing potential, but it's just going to be good fun. Um, and that's I think that's sort of what I'm looking forward to most out of all this. Yeah, it is. It's you know, you know, when you're a kid and you go to Chuck E. Cheese and you see the ball pit and you're like, "Oh, I'm stoked! I can't wait!" Yeah, that's what it's what's going to happen here. You're just going to dive in for a lot of fun, crazy antics, and it's just going to be a blast. The flippies are going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, buckle your seatbelt, uh, but I think the humbucks are going to take this. You know, I think uh, I think the humbucks are going to win too. As much as I think that they're uh, they're really going to let Flip Gordon, Teton, and Dragon Lee come within you know a whisper of winning this before they send it home too, just to sort of put them all over. But I mean, Gary, you're you're clearly showing your stalker tendencies because that's exactly what I did on Friday. Is I went to Chuck E. Cheese and exclaimed, "Oh my God, a ball pit! I can't wait to dive in." What do you? Oh, no, see, <laughs> sorry, I just I knew this is. <laughs> Uh, I, I knew I got too close. I apologize. <laughs> I'll back up another 50 feet. Uh, ROH World Tag Team title match. Most shitty machine guns defend against the best friends, which, of course, is Chucky e. T and Beretta. I think this is going to be really fun, too. Beretta and uh, Chucky e. T are, just, one, they're a wonderful team, and two, Beretta has just been fire this year. Uh, Chuck Taylor's his usual wonderful self. I kind of want to see a title change here. Just because I I don't think the Motor City Machine Guns have been terrific champions. I think you can sort of start to see ages catching up with them. Um, I feel like Best Friends is sort of more along the lines of where you want to go with your tag division going forward, even though there's still a lot of stories to tell with the guns. Yeah, I mean, Motor City, you know, they really have a, you know still something to offer, even though you're right. Age has definitely caught up with them. Uh, but... <sighs> Have they really showcased the tag titles? No, yeah, not at true. all. That's they, true. They are, in my book, transitional champions, and if it's not to the best friends, who could it be? I want to see it, too. I'm going to go ahead and say the best friends are going to grab those tag titles, but I, once again, if it's not the best friends, I really want to know who they're going to give those tag titles to because I just don't think that the Motor City Machine Guns are really showcased in a good light, even though they are the champs. As much as I'd really love to see it on the best friends, um, I, I don't know. You have Beretta sort of playing split in his uh, in his work, although he does find his way stateside pretty often. And obviously, um, Chucky e. T has picked up a ton of bookings with Ring of Honor recently too. So it could happen. I don't want to say it won't. I want to see it happen, but the uh, the Booker mind in me just can't pick them to win this. So I'm going to say the Guns retain. Uh, I get you. I just, I, I really question how many times the bu- uh, the, uh, the uh, guns have actually put the titles on the line. You know, yeah, I th- but I think they've only done it twice as far as TV goes. I'm sure they've done it at multiple live events, though. Yeah, that's you bring up a good point there. So who knows? Um, next up, you have Matt Taven taking on Will Osprey in sort of a feature match. I think this could be really good too. Will Osprey, obviously, um. Maybe, I don't want to say playing it safe with Tokyo Dome around the corner from this show, but uh, I, I think he'll still bring it on the big stage. And Taven is I, just a, an unsung hero in Ring of Honor to me, so I think this is going to be really good. I see Taven taking this, though, with some kingdom shenanigans, Gary. You know, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, Osprey is the definite favorite coming into this. You know, he's an amazing talent, and I yeah. think Taven, you know, is not bad himself. Trust me, I, nothing against him. But 
I, I I think the kingdom is going to have a lot to do with how this all ends up, and yeah, so I'll go Taven as well. Uh, after that, you have I, I guess the grudge match between the Addiction and War Machine. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if maybe this gets a stip thrown on it before the match, but uh, I'm kind of looking forward to this. War Machine have been one of the best tag teams to watch this year, and the Addiction, um, even though they do continue to age, they're really fun together as a team. Yeah, they are, and you know, picking this is really difficult because uh, either way, I, I think that you know there could be some positive things along with some negative things. I, I think you know the addiction have you know kind of fallen into place, like I said, where they're not going to be in the ring as much as they would you know at one time. But I think that uh, this is going to be something fun. I think that they'll have a great match against uh, you know this team, and oof. I mean, you got Ray Rowe and Hanson, both guys who are, who are out for revenge. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with them. I, I think the addiction very well could win, but I, I'm going to go the other way. You know, I think the angle that they're going with where the addiction is still trying to ruin ROH for everybody, uh, I think they need to string some wins together to kind of keep that going, and I think the addiction maybe pull that off here with some cheap tactics, but... Man, I'd really love War Machine to win here too. They, ever since they sort of won the ROH tag titles, they've almost taken a back seat just because of all the other bookings they have across the world. Um, so I, I don't know. I'd I want War Machine to win. I think I'm picking the Addiction to win here, though. Uh, and that brings us Jay Lethal taking on Marty Scroll, uh, which should be phenomenal as well. Jay Lethal having to sort of, I guess, battle himself as well as Marty here during the uh, sort of villain tendencies. I There's a part of me that wants Lethal to turn and these two to team up in ROH. I think that'd be super fun. Oh, yeah, that'd be a blast. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, is it going to happen? I don't know. Yeah, yeah probably not. <laughs> You know, it. You know, it also is. You know, Marty Scrolls Bullet Club and Lethal's not and all that. But I, I think you know the big thing here is for me. I, I think eventually Lethal's going to have to do a turn. I, 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 I mean, he doesn't have to, but I, I think it'd be kind of fun. I think it'd be great. And I'd love it if if it was the villain Marty Scroll being the guy that incites that whole thing inside him again. So I, you know. I, it, this is another difficult one. I'm just going to go Marty Scroll. I, I think if he wins or he, he cheats to win and he mm-hmm. gives Lethal the opportunity and he doesn't use it, then that's going to make Lethal mad. And no, I think Marty wins here too. I think they're trying to tell a pretty long story here of Lethal doing a lot of losing before either turning or, or managing to turn the whole thing around. Um, so Marty to win here probably by cheating too to live up to the whole villain thing as well. Uh, that's been such a prevalent part of the storyline. So, Four-way survival match for the ROH World TV title. Gary Keenan King defends against Punishment Martinez, Shane Taylor, and Silas Young. Uh, the odds clearly stacked against Kenny in this one. Uh, definitely, and I think for a good reason. I don't know if Kenny King is going to hold that title very long, and the reason I say that is there's a few names here that you know, you'll look at and you say, wow. Those guys have potential, and all of them do. Every single guy has potential in this match, and 
the one guy that I think that the Ring of Honor really wants to continue looking at, and that's uh, Silas Young. Yeah. I think he very much could walk away with that title, and I'll go ahead and say it. I think he does. I think Silas Young is going to be your new TV champion. I really, really want that to be true. Silas Young is uh, a tremendous talent, uh, not only in the ring, but on the microphone, and just has a terrific character, too. The only person I think you could maybe count out here is Shane Taylor, even though I've, I enjoy the direction of his character right now. It's still kind of fresh. I don't know if they want to throw a belt on that yet. Punishment Martinez has uh, sort of been hovering around as this big dominant force. And uh, Kenny, obviously, has just gotten the big win, even though in his TV title defenses, you've sort of seen him play from underneath. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I really want Silas to win, but I feel like this is going to be one of those where everybody takes each other out and Kenny just happens to come out on top at the end. Um, hopefully to start a story with Silas going forward to get those guys in some one-on-one matches. I bet you they could have some killer stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, you know what? I wouldn't have any problem with that if this is the way it's going to work out, but... You know, I think eventually Silas Young is going to have to have some gold around his waist. I agree. That that win over Jay Lethal needs to mean something for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what I imagine will co-main event is the street fight here. Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer taking on the Briscoes in a New York City street fight. Uh, I, I think this will be a really fun match because now you have the story of Bully Ray not being able to take stuff to the head. Uh, and I could definitely see that playing into the finish down down the stretch and all that. So I I like the Legends to win just because I feel like this is probably Bully Ray's retirement match. Yeah, and if that's the case, that would be a big time you know you know celebration for him at the end there. But you know. It's really difficult because this match has a guy like Bully Ray who, of course, is, you know, medically, you know, who knows where he's at mm-hmm. in that situation. And, and of course, you got, you know, another guy with a, a basically fighting with one arm. Yeah. And uh, Mark, right? Mark's fighting with one arm. I, I think uh, he's all healed up now. Is he all healed up? I believe so. Okay, so there you go. Well, then maybe that takes away a lot of that. But I, I think it's going to be, you know, really interesting to see how they play this off. And I think a lot of people are going to go with Briscoes are going to take it because they're younger. They're, you know, violent anyway. And ooh, I, I just don't know if the crowd goes home happy if the Legends don't win. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, those guys are from New York, too, and the show is in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. The Legends for me, I'll just go ahead and pick them. If this was any other tag team but the Briscoes in Ring of Honor, I would say that the other team is probably going to win. But seeing as it's the Briscoes and they can, they're basically made for life already. They can lose to anybody and they'll be fine. So I definitely uh-huh. think it's the legends to take it here. Uh, and that's the main event time. Cody Rhodes defends against Dalton Castle for the ROH World Title, or, or just Cody since uh, Rhodes is owned by another company. Uh, I feel like this one is just kind of obvious because. I, as much build-up as, well, maybe not a lot of build-up, but there's been some build-over in New Japan for Cody's defense of this title against Kota Ibushi at uh, Wrestle Kingdom, which kind of puts this on the wall as maybe Cody's going to win with some cheap tactics to just kind of keep this going forward. But this has really been built up like Dalton's going to win to me. Yeah, that's the weird thing because, yeah. you know, this is... <laughs> He's overcoming lots of things that have taken place, right? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, look at the past and, and look at the, the he's already had one match against Cody and he's, you know, was unable to get past it. And then, of course, getting attacked and losing the boys and all this stuff has led up to Castle coming through and finally accomplishing the goal he's come to accomplish. Right. My biggest thing, though, Paul, is looking at this. Is it a really honestly time for Cody to drop the belt? Is it really ready? Are, are they ready? Is Ring of Honor ready for him not to have that bell? That's the biggest question for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think so. Um, and it's not like Cody has had a short reign or anything like that, at least certainly by modern standards. Modern standards, wow. Um, I just, you know, that you have so much built, not only in the relationship with Cody between New Japan and Ring of Honor, but... Obviously, like I said, Cody's got that defense, and there's nothing that says you can't push this forward to the anniversary show and maybe do the switch there if that's where they want to do it, but I don't know if this is the time or the place, but the the booking tells me it's Dalton winning, you know, and Uh I just... I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm right there with you, and and that's why I asked you the question, because I feel exactly the same way, and if you're going to ask me now, I'm going to go ahead and say Dalton Castle gets the belt because mm-hmm. you could still continue. Like you said, you can move on past that and then you could have Cody extremely pissed and trying everything he can to do to get that belt back. And I think that's going to bring up some new story and a lot more fun stuff for us. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. It, it's very, very difficult, but I'll choose Dalton Castle. Yeah, I just thought about it, too. We haven't seen the boys in a while since Cody took him out with the trash uh, all those months ago. This could be their big return during this as well to sort of swing things back in Dalton's favor. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Cody because bullet club shenanigans, but man, I mean, that place is going to erupt if Dalton castle wins that strap. So I, I, I don't know. I'm going to walk into Friday night. Still confused. Gary. <laughs> yeah, I think we are. And, you know, a lot of these matchups that we're talking about here, they could go either way. That's what's great about Ring of Honor booking right now is there's so many variations. There's so many things that could take place. And let's be honest, a lot of them wouldn't be bad if they did go the opposite way. We said it was going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's one good thing here. I'm really happy with what we're getting. And I think Final Battle has really been built to be a really strong pay-per-view. And I think that main event is a big showcase of that. So it's going to be exciting. I'm really looking forward to the show as well. Uh, lots of good wrestling on there. And, and that, like I said, that main event is something to draw people. And if not, um, I mean, the Briscoes and Bully Ray and Tommy Jr. are trying to kill each other for about 15 minutes. should be worth your time, too. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the truth. So. Well, that is Final Battle. That is the preview. And, of course, we'll be giving you our review on it, hopefully, next Monday or Tuesday morning when you listen to the podcast. Uh, We'd love to do that. Hopefully, things work out the right way. We can do that. Uh, So there you go. And, of course, you know, we're excited about more Ring of Honor talk next week. Uh, But, yes, that pretty much wraps up our show. We've had a lot of fun. Lots of great topics tonight to talk about. Of course, you know, we talked Tag League. Of course, we talked Final Battle, Ring of Honor. And and some big news. Uh, But next uh, Friday morning, we're going to have a lot more great stuff for you. We're going to have some more news. We'll be talking about Impact Wrestling. Uh, and, And trust me. Some more great content, so you do not want to miss that episode. That'll be part two of Wrestling to the Max, episode 277. Uh, and once again, you know, make sure you go check out W2Mnet.com. That's the place where you go find all your great wrestling podcast needs and a lot more. 
Make sure you go subscribe, rate, and view over at Wrestling of the Max, wherever you get your wrestling podcast from, or whatever kind of podcast you like. You you know you like to use uh, iHeartRadio. You could even use Apple Podcasts. Whatever you use, just make sure you hit that subscribe button. Give us five stars. Hey, that just gives us an opportunity to reach more people, and we thank you for it. And hit us up with a comment as well. Hey, and uh, big love at 411mania.com and last word on prowrestling.com. Both are great places to go check out wrestling content, so you don't want to miss out on that opportunity. Go do that, too. And, yeah, that's pretty much our show. So uh, we appreciate you once again, and we will catch you guys down the road. But until then, uh, for myself, for Sean Garmer, and for Paul Ezer, if you're not living life to the max. Not living life at all. You know it. The previous podcast has been an original W2Mnet.com production. For more great content like this, go to W2Mnet.com for the worlds of wrestling, video games, entertainment, and sports. From our family to yours, happy holidays and a Merry Christmas.